Welcome in to the Please Stay Inside podcast. I am Rob, here to uh, talk with you once again. Today we have a very wonderful guest uh, over from TikTok, the Halo system. Um, we have been friends on TikTok for a minute, but have not actually had an opportunity to uh, to talk, talk in, 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 uh, since becoming friends. So real pleasure to have you. Uh, welcome in. Cool. <laughs> So, um, Halo System, uh, tell me a bit about yourself, um, what your TikTok page is, all those kinds of uh, all those kinds of things. Okay, so I'm going to go based off of what I have written down first, just because I'm a little dissociated. Hopefully, I'll settle into it sure. once we get talking. But um, I have written down that we started making art content for TikTok originally, and that's where we got quite a bit of our following was our old host misha made a whole bunch of art content and we got to like 15k based off just that and then the pandemic hit and we just needed something else to do and art just Mm -hmm. kind of stopped being interesting and we lost our drive for a while but um we just spent more time on the app and like we discovered mental health TikTok, and once you discover mental health TikTok, it's really hard to get off mental health TikTok. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, I'm still on it. Um, mm-hmm. We discovered DID TikTok because we'll get into it later. But mm-hmm. Misha was starting to think they were a part of a system, and they made one video. They were like, you know what? If it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, it doesn't. They reached out to the DID community, and they were like, how? open are you guys here to people who are questioning being a system Mm -hmm. and now that i've been here for a while you can really it's a lot of us are just here trying to figure things out we didn't need to be so formal Mm -hmm. about it it's just tiktok but like misha was very concerned that we're going to get like shunned off the internet Mm -hmm. for even daring to question their systemhood but Mm -hmm. we were open openly welcomed by the community and the rest is history. We're here and we're mm-hmm. talking about stuff and now we're on a podcast and I never thought we'd be here. So that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, and it's a pleasure to have you. Um, yeah, so I believe that I met you through through DID TikTok. I think um, so. I had done a video on, I think it was, it might have been structural dissociation a little while back. And I was pretty new to the subject myself. Like I had gone into therapy and was relatively new to it still. I guess I still technically am. Um, and yeah, you were someone who had reached out. I think you had stitched one of my videos. You talked about, you know, your own experience with dissociation and you taught me, I mean, a ton, um, about the topic. And so for you going into, um, DID TikTok, tell me a little bit more about what that reception was like for you. For us entering DID TikTok. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just lurked for a long time. I don't remember exactly if we dove directly into DID TikTok. I think we just started making a few videos here and there. Most of our introduction to the community was through YouTube. Um, I'm not sure if I should name drop. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. Um, we first, we saw Dissocia did a, a long time ago, watched their content. They're now known as Kaya and Co. Um, we found uh, the wild system really early on, mandolin system. And the more communicate, the more systems we talked to, the more we realized this was our people. And we had never found our people on the internet before. Like, it's weird to, I don't know if it's weird, I don't know the word for it. It's awkward for me to go, yeah, I'm a part of the depression TikTok. I'm a part of the anxiety TikTok. <laughs> like, it's true. I am an anxious, depressed person, oh. but that is such a large group of people. So finding the DID community that can relate to me, it really helped. It 
made me want to talk more mm. and I never really felt like people cared what I had to say. I don't know how to phrase that. I had the low confidence, I guess, mm -hmm. but people cared when I talked to them on TikTok about DID because we need more people talking about DID. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And I just, I'm glad that I was able to contribute to that. Yeah. And, and you, you certainly have, uh, I've met other systems through your page. I see a lot of other systems communicating with you. Um, pretty frequently. Uh, and so it is a really wonderful set of circumstances that you that you were able to find your way into into that community. Um, for I'm yourself, really happy. Yeah. Uh, and for yourself and for that that mental health journey, because that's one of the things we talk about a lot here. How? So I mean, I, I guess, can you tell me a little bit about what things were like kind of leading up to finding DID TikTok and thinking, okay, this seems kind of familiar to me. What was that journey like for you? Hmm. I feel like I had something written down, but I don't, let's see. It really was just kind of touch and go. And like, we didn't really intend on finding ourselves in the community right away. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like a, okay, we find this kind of interesting, mm -hmm. but not interesting in like a, I find science interesting way, like a, I feel like I'm discovering things about myself, but I don't want to just throw myself into a community I don't belong in kind of way. Mm -hmm. So we watched from afar and like looked to see how other systems acted on the internet to see how like, I don't know how to elaborate on that. What was like, can you repeat your question? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so many so... people in my head are trying to talk to you and I'm <laughs> trying to keep it focused. <laughs> it, it, it is all good. We will we'll take our time with things. Oh, um, <laughs> What was your uh, what was your journey like kind of trying to, you know, figure out things for yourself and then eventually finding DID TikTok and, and well, I guess for you it was on YouTube and then having that process of like, OK, this sounds familiar. I know you were saying that it was kind of a um, it was very interesting to you, not in the form of like a like a scientific like, oh, this is an interesting thing, thing but like you, you had mentioned, I think you said that it was kind of like re relatable. It sounded familiar mm -hmm. in a sense. And it did. I think um, a lot of it is kind of hard to explain because sure. Misha was the one who was out at the time. And my experience as the host of our system currently is one, I don't know if it's relatable necessarily, but I used to be a persecutor or we don't like that term a lot in the DID community. We tend to do misguided protector, but mm -hmm. I was a trauma holder. And when Misha realized they were a system, they kind of were th thrown out of the front it was way too much for them to handle and then the brain just threw me out here like okay you're used to handling trauma you're gonna be the host for now mm -hmm. and i'm still here like two years later so oh, about the way it's willow i don't know if i explained who was fronting it's me and forest but i think forest is kind of just helping me be social mm -hmm. um it's hard to explain how things were beforehand especially because it's like it's kind of like autism was the same way once you learn that you are something it's hard to remember not being that because you've always been that you just didn't have the words for it so it's really hard to explain like the beginning parts but i think just mm -hmm. seeing people online that had so many of the same very unique niche symptoms that we had mm -hmm. was very interesting like people were talking about forgetting mass parts of their childhood like it was normal which is not normal unless you're in trauma talk so to speak mm -hmm. like cptsd ptsd unless that's like what you grew up with people aren't going to think that's normal 
Because I've said that my whole life, as far as I'm aware anyway. I've said, yeah, I don't know what happened before high school, essentially. I don't know anything about that. And people are all like, eh, that's kind of normal not to know your childhood. And I'm like, is it, though? Because right. you talk about your childhood all the time. Like, mm. I don't know. It, it was really comforting seeing people like Nin from Kaya and Co. Or like, uh, I think the Entropy System, I also followed them on YouTube. Just seeing anybody online looking like me was very validating. And that was very helpful moving forward it gave me the confidence to make tiktoks and why i'm even here at all yeah and, and it is it is one of those amazing sensations I, I can't relate to the to the did or the autism experience in you know finding relatable relatable groups but i, I think for the trauma piece most definitely i think hearing people talk about like you know, hey, I do this like very specific thing. And then hearing that and be like, oh, wow, somebody else does this. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things that uh, I know we haven't gotten into too much just yet is specifically what DID is, because I know, you know, a lot of people listening may have not heard of DID before. Um, and they might be, you know, kind of confused of what we're talking about. Um, and so when we're talking about DID, dissociative identity disorder, it's something that has been called many things in the past, split personality, multiple personality. Now the technical term for it is dissociative identity disorder, which uh -huh. for me as a clinician, I think also makes far more sense. Oh, um, absolutely. It was very wrong before. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me about, I guess, what, what you see as being kind of wrong about the, the previous uh, language for it. I think it's because for a long time, and even still now, people haven't really given thought to what identity means, mm. separate from like who you are as a person. Lucy, you're giving me a really hard time, baby. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I'm trying to be educational to people. Yeah. <laughs> Now say goodbye to people and go do something else. Okay. <laughs> so the reason multiple personality disorder is very incorrect is because we are not multiple personalities. We are literally identities. Mm -hmm. Whereas I've thought of it as more of like a, how do I explain? People beforehand used to think that the multiple personalities were like something you just randomly shifted through mm -hmm. and there was like no real meaning behind it. But with dissociative disorders, there's dissociative amnesia between the parts. Like right. the reason our parts formed and exist in the first place is because something had to happen that other parts or that part couldn't handle. And that wasn't formerly understood by multiple personality disorder. At least now we are able to understand the parts are dissociated from, like, each other. Beforehand, that wasn't really understood, and it was very hard to talk to, talk to people with MPD. Mm -hmm. Like, the movie Split is absolutely terrible, and that's, like, yes. what most people, pe people think that's what it actually is. Mm -hmm. And even if you take away the evil demon altar part, it's still not a very good representation of what DID is. Right. I have uh, found myself in multiple conversations in bars at parties etc talking about split and i yes i am on the same page as you it's yeah garbage it's but, interesting because like we watched the movie split before we knew anything about did and it was it was so different from our lived experience as an actual did system that we didn't even connect the dots that this movie was supposed to be about a disorder that we had it it didn't it did not feel the same it it was it's just so far off from what the disorder actually is yeah and i mean having like 
having like nothing in that movie to relate to, I think really speaks to how off it is. Absolutely. Um, so in, in talking about DID, as you brought up, you know, it, it is typically created from, you know, some sort of a trauma, something happening that is very difficult to deal with in, in a sense. And it happens during this very critical period in childhood um, where we are essentially trying to form that single identity. And so some parts of us have to take on different, different, uh, different roles in, in this. Um, and so I guess for you, for you, just in like a language thing, do you prefer using the words like parts, alters? What, what do you feel? What have you found you relate to the most? That is something we talk about a lot in the community. As far as I'm concerned, it just depends on what, um, like what you prefer. Mm -hmm. I know some people get really offended by the word alter because that implies that you're an alternate version of someone else. Mm -hmm. I don't personally view it that way because mm -hmm. it, the words take on different meaning depending on what you, and I personally just said the word alter as a name for the other parts in my system. Mm -hmm. I don't see it as alternate versions of us, but mm -hmm. I can see why somebody might feel that way so i definitely always ask like if you're talking to a system and you're saying the word alter and they seem to be uncomfortable with it they may not even tell you they're uncomfortable but i would just ask like hey do you prefer parts do you prefer headmates i think our preferred term if we have the option is headmate but you'll hear me use them all interchangeably i don't personally mind like the chat if you if you're in here i'm sure most of my community is system so you can let us know what you prefer and i'll let him know when it shows up but I think if I'm talking to people about DID in general, I'll use alter or parts. Mm -hmm. If it's me and my system, I use headmates or parts. I think it just depends on who sure. you're talking to. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that information. I think it helps for us to be able to continue to have conversations mm -hmm. about DID and uh, make it more accessible for people who might be having a little bit of difficulty understanding and they want to ask I more. Um, so I, I really do appreciate that info. Um, yeah, I agree. You also, I know when you were talking about, um, you when you were talking about some of the different roles, you had brought up like the persecutor, and I know that's uh -huh. you know as you said, it's a term that you you prefer to use different terms for it. Um, what are I guess some of the some of the different roles that you've been able to identify within DID? So I do want to start out by saying something that it's it's further along in what you put on the uh, interview list, but I'll say it now. Okay. Some systems bar not all all systems find their own way to interpret those roles like i think correct me if i'm wrong people on the internet i think system wild one of the first systems that i found on tiktok they didn't even use the terms that we were used to they have things like pilot and co-pilot and stuff like that mm. whereas i would have learned host and co-host and because they have like a whole i think it's like a like a what is that star wars thing for like a, a deck like the they have like a whole deck. I don't know what it's called, but they have a whole different set of terminology they use. Mm -hmm. But as far as the ones that are colloquially used, there's like host, there's co-host, there's uh, protectors, gatekeepers. Um, and you said persecutors, but like I said, I think as a community, we're trying to veer away from the use of persecutor. Mm -hmm. I, Lucy, you She's never act it. like this. <laughs> She's being absolutely adorable. <laughs> oh, well, good. Hopefully <laughs> entertaining um persecutor we tend to not like it although again to me it's just kind of a word but if it becomes a big enough issue especially with me and another system where we're talking and i use the word and they don't like it i won't use it out of respect um 
because persecutors literally are misguided protectors. They're not doing evil just for the sake of doing evil. Right. E even headmates that are like demon altars or like Lucifer or Satan or things that are like colloquially considered evil, even those headmates are not evil inherently. Mm -hmm. They just have aspects of them that they've learned through trauma. That's how they, that's how they coped. Mm -hmm. And they may even be taking on the aspects of an abuser in real life. So mm. it's just really important, especially for me, since I was a trauma holder slash persecutor in my past of the system, I just don't like being seen as evil because that isn't right. what I was doing. Even if you're like self-harming or doing bad things to the body, you're not doing it because you are like trying to be evil. You're doing mm -hmm. it because it's a learned behavior. It's a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And we should be approaching all of these things with empathy and not with judgment. And that's why we mm -hmm. hate splits so much because they put mm -hmm. all of that evilness onto an evil demon altar. Right. And we're like, it doesn't even connect to your trauma. This doesn't make any sense. Right. And when we're talking about trauma in general, there can be so much, uh, a lot of times people can talk a lot about like maladaptive coping skills and they can talk about all of these, um, you know, that we, we can really demonize coping skills in general. And when we're talking about DID, I, I totally agree, you know, the language should, and the way we talk about it should also reflect that, you know, this is all people trying to do the best that they can with what exactly. they've got. I think people really somehow manage to forget that DID is we are all different, unique people in here. And it's not like we all we're just that's why we tend to kind of even derive away from roles, even though we mm -hmm. do kind of fall into roles. Sure. It's kind of like thinking about it's how do I phrase this? It's why internal family systems work so well, because you can imagine a part of yourself being like a mom. But just mm -hmm. because you're a mom, that doesn't mean you don't like to gamble. You don't like to go hang out with your friends and do mm -hmm. all these different parts of you. Like every individual in my system, in our system, has different aspects of them. Right. Just because I'm the host, it doesn't mean that I couldn't possibly tap into other parts of our system. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I'm not more than that. We are more than just our role in the system. Right. And one of the things that I, I, I find sometimes, I, I know at least for like when I was first being introduced to the concept of DID, one of the parts that is very difficult for myself to kind of wrap my head around is the fact that everybody within a system is an individual, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I guess what all goes into that? Like, do just to like for the sake of education, you know, do ages range, do interests, hobbies, personalities, how, how does yes. all that range? The way that I always explain it to people is we are just as different as you and I are. Like mm -hmm. there is no way for you. I don't, it's so hard to explain, but I also had to learn this. Um, I feel a little blendy. I think Misha's trying to help me understand things. So I'm like, because mm -hmm. like I said, it's hard for me to think back that far because sure. I, I was a different role before the host. But I know Misha had a very hard time accepting that we were all our own individuals. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to like parse it. I have so many people in my head talking right now. Take your time. Definitely ages in such range because we have littles in our system. And mm -hmm. when I tell you that, that that's such a hard thing to understand from like a host perspective, understanding there is a literal eight-year-old in my head who is not me, who identifies as a girl when I don't. 
she will tell you she's an eight-year-old girl who loves Rainbow High and drawing and Bluey. And that mm-hmm. is her, and she is her own person. I am not that. And mm-hmm. when you start to learn that you have DID, if you ever reverted to that part of yourself and people told you that you were acting strange, you learned to compartmentalize that as a part of you. Mm-hmm. The world really tries to like force you into singlet, even if mm-hmm. you're not. And it's just... It takes a lot of unlearning to get to know who you and your system mates are because society really pushes you to be one person. Mm-hmm. And, like, we are all just so ridiculously different. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to even explain it because, like, how do you explain the difference between you and your brother? Like, right. we're just we're just inherently different. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels weird for me to even have to explain it. Yeah, Blue is yeah. amazing. Um it's it's really hard to explain. If you have more sure. questions, I can try to answer them specifically. But sure, I, I I feel like you have put it very excellently in a way that at least for for myself makes a ton of sense. I think even like the <laughs> comment of being able to say like you know tell me how are you different from your brother that yeah. <laughs> I think really yeah that really that really drives it home for for me personally. Um, so given that everyone is so different. How does that affect, you know, the way that um, that the body expresses itself, you know, in terms of like things like gender identity, you know, what you're wearing that day? You know, how does that differ for for everyone in terms of like like who's fronting that day? When I say we have so many different clothes, especially I think the ones that you see the most of on our page is me and Forrest. We're the ones who kind of make the most content. And despite the fact that we are so connected at the hip, me and her, we are Mm -hmm. so different because if we had our ideal bodies, she would be this like pretty flower princess living in the woods with long brown curly hair. And she loves this body we're in. She wants it to be thinner and like a different skin color slightly, but she's okay being female. Whereas I want to be like a femboy. I don't even want to be in a female body. I like expressing my femininity, but I want to be in a male body. I want to be completely different looking than this body. I want to have piercing blue eyes. I want to look totally different. And we've had that for our whole life, not quite feeling like our body was our body. And that's just DPDR, I think. That's like a lot of our derealization, depersonalization, but it leads into our DID. All of us look and feel so different. And I wish I had a way to show you our, uh, what's it called? The fake claim sheet. Not fa- mm-hmm. Oh my God, fake claim. Face claims. Uh-huh. The ones that we all look very different. I could show you, but I can't really show the, the, the chat. I guess it doesn't matter. Sorry, guys. Um, uh, if anyone's interested, it'll be uh, over on my YouTube. We'll be able to see it there. Yes, it's very true. Okay, so I'll see if I can put it up to the screen for you. Maybe you can see it. Maybe you can't. There we but go. That, like, we're all very different looking. Yeah. Especially the one in the middle. We still have a hard time accepting that our fictive Nico is mm-hmm. really, really a part of our system, but she is. And I don't know why we fight that. She's been in therapy before, mm. but um, fictives are a whole different subject. If you want to get into like accepting yourself and accepting parts of yourself, that can yeah. be really hard. I'm up for it. <laughs> But yeah, when it comes to dressing the body, like like you said, it's really hard. A lot of our wardrobe mm-hmm. tends to be the same, like this. And we have three other shirts that we can all reliably wear because they are mm-hmm. soft, baggy, and comfortable. 
if it's not those three things, we're going to have struggles. Like if we're going sure. out to a party or to a concert or something, Forrest has us in like heels and makeup and stuff. It's really mm-hmm. hard for us to feel comfortable like that. Mm. We all have different ways that we dress the body and different aesthetics. And right. we often wish we had our own bodies or at least like cust- the character customization in real life. That'd be mm-hmm. so great. Oh, yeah. That'd be perfect. So it would. How do you all communicate about that and make these decisions? The more therapy we do, the more we can kind of sit back in our body and like listen to our body and it will it will help us communicate internally. But mm-hmm. for most systems and for us growing into our systemhood, we use journals like mm-hmm. no one's business. Our notes in our phone are full of talking to each other. We have a whiteboard that we use to talk to each other. We we have an entire Discord chat where we all use like a bot to like oh, wow. put our face up there and like we can talk to each other through there. Uh, I forget what it's called, but there's a really popular app that a lot of systems use as well. I'm sure someone in the chat knows it, but there are a lot of different ways that technology really helps systems communicate with each other. Yeah. I wouldn't know half the things that I know about our system. Simply Plural. I knew it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Simply Plural is a great app for that. Um, mm-hmm. It's just so it's it's hard, but it's also really great that we have technology. I don't know how systems before technology right did this that would that's wild to me a lot more handwriting that's for sure yeah and and that's amazing advice to anybody who is you know beginning to start working on the communication within the system to be able to you know talk with one another and kind of you know establish some things talk Mm -hmm. just generally get to know one another um do you recall a time when the system and everyone within it didn't get along as well as they do now Absolutely. Um, I think before therapy, we had a lot more issues and I'll even admit a lot of them probably came from me. I didn't, Mm. I really, I had a really strong hold on what our body was doing, what our life was going to be, what I thought we were going to be, what I expected our life to be like. Mm. And if we, if we diverted from that, my BPD and my autism would absolutely flare up and I couldn't handle it. And I would lash out at myself. I didn't realize I had people in my head, so I would mm. lash out at myself. And a lot of self-hatred and self-identity crisis crises happened because we didn't know we were a system. Mm. And that's why I get so frustrated with our not our community, I guess, but like some people who are so anti-plurality. Some people mm-hmm. really, really feel like the only way to heal DID is to integrate and mm-hmm. become fully fused or final fusion. And I'm not going to sit here and say one is better than the other. Mm-hmm. If you think for you it is best for you and your system to fully fuse together and become one person for your healing, mm-hmm. good, fantastic. Ideally, I think all of us would love to be our own one person. So I'm not going to shame you for that. Mm-hmm. But also there is the alternative where we want to work together. We want to be multiple. Mm-hmm. And that's where we personally are at. We don't have any current interest in fully integrating, fully fusing. We really want to explore each of our own individualities and like learn who we fully are individually and like live our life this way. And that's perfect for us, not for everyone, but for some people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, when I was first being introduced to DID as a clinician, I know that one of the defaults that I would come across is that people would typically believe that you had to just bring everybody together and just form one identity. But 
given what you're talking about, the fact that everybody is different, that these are individuals, it's it seems relative, not even relatively, it seems very cruel to kind of delete someone from existence if they aren't Especially willing to go like since that. A lot of the time, depending on how old you are, when you realize you have DID, you are going to be canceling out learning about so many parts of yourself, parts mm -hmm. of your system, if your only goal is to shove everybody back into a box. You need to at least, in my opinion, be open to the multiplicity part. You need to learn about each part, learn who they are, learn why they exist. Because if you don't do that first, you're going to have a very confused person at the end. And they're mm -hmm. going to be more prone to splitting and their DID falling back into place anyway. That's mm -hmm. something I don't hear talked about very often is if you shove yourself into a healing box... You're not learning the coping mechanisms required to no longer be plural or whatever your goal right. is. So you're just going to split again at the next trauma in your life, in my opinion. Because mm. whether point. or not people, um, well, I don't know how to phrase that. People don't think about that. They mm. think once you're fully fused, that's it, and you're done, DID cured. There is no cure that we know of for DID. So even mm. if you fully fuse, you may in the future split again. Mm -hmm. And that's never going to stop if you don't learn to love your system. Mm -hmm. Because whether you like it or not, you, you're a system. This is how your life formed. This is how you mm -hmm. are. And you can grieve that. And you should grieve that. Mm -hmm. That's not something that should have ever happened to you, any of you in the system. But you have to learn to accept that. Otherwise, you'll split more often. And you're going to feel like you're failing. And you're going to feel like nothing's getting, getting better. Mm -hmm. that's, that's beautiful advice. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine what it's like having to figure all of this out. I mean, especially considering that it comes from trauma. It's a lot, especially since there's just not a lot of information out there about it. Mm -hmm. We, we really have to do a lot of the work ourselves. Mm -hmm. I've said it before jokingly, but I've never met a stupid system. We have mm -hmm. to do so much inner work just to even accept that we are a system. Mm -hmm. Some people won't even accept that they have parts of self, let alone a system. Like, not to put my mother on blast, but she has a lot of different parts of self, and she won't mm -hmm. even accept those. So, like, it takes a lot of introspection to realize that you're a system. And mm -hmm. you can, you're going to fall back on it all the time. Like, we mm -hmm. have a full-on page and a diagnosis surrounding this disorder, and mm -hmm. we still feel like we're faking it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's such a wild thing. Yeah. I've literally asked myself, like, I've asked parts of my brain... Are we faking this? Are we, plural, faking this? No, we are not. You just use the we. Mm -hmm. It's wild what our brain will do to try to keep us safe. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it's unfortunately one of the things that I sometimes see on TikTok is that there are people who will very outright claim that it's not a thing. Oh, for sure, but they're mm, stupid? No. Well, hmm. they're not educated. They don't mm -hmm. know. <laughs> If, if you are outright denying DID, you're denying science, you're denying the DSM-5, mm -hmm. and we're just not at the same level of education, friend. Mm -hmm. Like, go do education and then come back to me and we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you feel on a philosophical level that science is wrong and you want to have a conversation about identity and what it means to be a person. We mm -hmm. can go there. We oh, can yeah. have that conversation. But you're not going to come to my page and hate people on my page because you think did is fake mm -hmm. like you don't even know me it's <laughs> i don't get that argument yeah how do you all deal with that kind of thing when it comes through 
a lot of systems, mine included, have specific headmates that help us deal with that. Ours is Sage. He is a system manager. Are they? He, they? I don't know. He's very internal, and he helps us filter all of that out. So we either delete it immediately, or if he feels like we have the coping skills, we'll respond to it. But he mm -hmm. won't even let us see it or perceive it if he doesn't feel like we can handle it, mm -hmm. which not all systems have that, but I'm very grateful to be able to rely on that personally. Yeah. We didn't even have Sage until we got bigger on TikTok. He mm -hmm. specifically developed just to help us deal with the internet pressure. And I know I'm not alone in that. I've heard of other systems creating that because having a bunch of eyes on you at once can be traumatic for some people, mm -hmm. especially if they're mean and denying you your existence. Mm -hmm. So it, it can be important to have that part of you, part of your system. Yeah. Good on you, Sage. You're doing doing yeah. wonderful work. We love our Sage. Uh, so I know one of the other things that you, you talk about on your TikTok is having borderline personality disorder, which is also another greatly misunderstood, um, Absolutely. <laughs> greatly misunderstood condition. Um, so given that with, with BPD can sometimes come some difficulties with self-image, how do you, how have you found that plays into everything? Well, to begin with, we definitely knew we had BPD before we knew we were a system. Okay. That was the first thing Misha ever realized was wrong with wrong with us. I don't want to say that, but like the first thing that we were dealing with was the BPD. Sure. And we actually found BPD through a YouTuber named Anthony Padilla. He was doing a like interview podcast thing mm -hmm. with a bunch of borderlines. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting here listening to this. And all these people, again, are just describing our daily life and our struggles. And it's the same thing with the DID revelation. We're mm -hmm. sitting here like, oh, wow, we have, we, me, Misha, whoever has this. This is literally it. This, this explains why we don't know who we are ever. This explains everything. It didn't. Mm -hmm. It explained half of it. We have DID also. Mm -hmm. But it definitely also affects our DID in a lot of ways because um, I think we either made a video about it or it's in our drafts, I forget, but our DID specifically is affected by our BPD because our BPD creates headmates in twos. And I don't know anybody else, maybe this is a common experience, maybe it isn't, but our system has always created two headmates whenever mm -hmm. we split. And I think it's because of the black and white thinking, we, we need those two headmates to have those two ideals and our brain has always created two. So when we have Littles, we have Dakota and Dylan. For me, it was me and Forrest. And then with the hosts, it created Misha and M. Like, for whatever reason, our brain forms in twos. And our therapist seems to think that is a part of our DID and our BPD, like, merging together. Mm. Which is very weird and interesting. I haven't heard that anywhere else either. But Me neither. That's fascinating. And I just totally speculating i would imagine that would explain some of the i guess the the relationship between you and forest mm -hmm. that because i know you mentioned that you two are you know you you kind of switch you, you share like the, the same role yes. sometimes i would say so especially before i became the host like we were absolutely inseparable and we mm -hmm. almost always front together and if we're not co-con together she's like behind me watching me or vice versa i'm watching her do something mm -hmm. and I think people misconstrue that as me pretending to have really, really good communication with my whole system. But mm -hmm. really, it's just that me and Forrest have great communication with each other. Mm -hmm. And then therapy is helping us connect with the rest of our system. Mm -hmm. I, I'm interested and I, uh, 
I, I don't want to get too into, you know, what you do in session because that's, you know, your session. Um, but is there a certain modality that you all have been doing? In, uh, in therapy? Mm-hmm. So, honestly, she's just been so nice treating us like individuals. That has been the most important thing for therapy because therapists mm-hmm. in the past have just treated us like lab rats. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really going to get too much into it because I know that I'll bring somebody that I don't want to bring out right now. Sure. But a lot of therapists don't know how to approach DID. They just think that we're internal family systems. Hi, T-virus system. Um they just they want to get to understand the disorder and not the people behind the disorder. Mm. So we've had a lot of therapists treat us like, okay, yeah, yeah. So what is Logan's deal? And I'm like, I don't know what Logan's deal is. You're gonna have to get Logan out here talking to you. I don't know mm. how to tell you about Logan. Right. Like, and it's the same for other parts. I can kind of tell you about Forrest and Misha, mm-hmm. because Forrest is my twin in the system, and Misha was the host before me. That mm. I don't know the rest. That's why I have this disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, our current therapist is very good about addressing us at the beginning. It's been about three, three or four months now, and she literally can almost, almost, almost always tell who's fronting when I wow. jump in the session. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that is phenomenal, and, and I mean, that that is an amazing to get from a clinician. Um, and I feel like everybody deserves to have that kind of experience. I agree, and she wasn't even a, a, a DID specialist. She's just yeah. a trauma specialist who cares about her patients yeah oh and it's that is beautiful yeah they every therapist needs to be like that therapist uh and like it's worth noting that like you really have to be patient with some therapists mm-hmm. as a traumatized person or a traumatized system we thought about giving up on her so many times because she was being really careful with us and mm-hmm. that's such a blessing to have she wasn't yeah. throwing us into traumatic situations like okay what do you think caused your did a sexual trauma what do you think it was mm-hmm. she wasn't doing that to us she was easing us into it and it almost offended our bpd we're like why aren't you giving us the hard questions why aren't you actually making us heal mm-hmm. i don't feel like we're getting anywhere with our therapy and she's like i totally hear you but also you're not always here i'm working with other parts of you and we, we, we might we need, we need to work on other ways to communicate to you willow what's going on mm-hmm. that's also hard in therapy because I, I feel like i don't know everything that's going on and i'm very particular mm-hmm. about it i want to know what's going on in every single part of our sessions mm-hmm Right. And and one of the things that I know we, I don't think we've mentioned during this conversation, but for people who don't know, there is, uh, there is that dissociative amnesia that can occur between, you know, when one person's fronting versus when another person is fronting. Mm -hmm. And which also explains, I think, why, you know, the journaling, the discord is so helpful because you're able to have that communication that you're not typically able to have. Um, For sure. I think it's also, um, we haven't talked about this openly, mostly because we're not diagnosed and we don't like to speak on things that we're not officially diagnosed on, Mm -hmm. but we are 90% sure we struggle with OCD. And a big part Mm -hmm. of our OCD is very internal and we feel like we have to know everything. And if we're not constantly thinking and not constantly learning, then we're failing and doing something wrong. It's a very bad compulsion in our brain so Mm. a lot of the times people think that we're faking did or whatever because we seem to know so much it's Mm. really that our gatekeepers are like okay look willow is literally going to self-harm or do something terrible if we don't give him something to work with so Mm -hmm. every once in a while they'll give me bits and pieces like a dog treat Mm -hmm. and i i start to piece things together it's less that i'm faking Mm -hmm. i'm not faking it's just 
I don't know how to explain it beyond that. The compulsion makes it very hard to deal with. Yeah. And to explain. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. Um, and one of the, the, when you're talking about, you know, being high functioning, I know that's one of the really, um, really ugly things that I see when people are talking about autism as well, that when somebody is high functioning with autism, it's sometimes people can say like, well, are you sure you even have it? And, and I, know I know that's, I've heard, oh, sorry. No, you, you got it. You got it. Um, I've heard, I'm not as on, I'm not as into the autism TikTok as I am DID TikTok, but I have mm -hmm. heard that like even high and low functioning are not the terms they prefer okay. or we prefer. I, I really should start including myself in that. I don't know what the proper terms are. I think it's just like you have autism mm -hmm. or I think it might've been like external needs versus internal needs. That might be the current way mm -hmm. of talking about it. But um, high and low functioning can be problematic because just because somebody appears to be functioning well, doesn't mean that they actually are. And I know that we appear very functional, but like, like I was telling you before we started talking, I fainted today out in public mm -hmm. and that was due to oversensory. It was due to pushing myself. It was due to all of these things. Oh, mm -hmm. high support needs and low support needs. Okay. That also works. Having high support needs and low support needs. But mm -hmm. like, even then I feel like I need more support than I actually get because people don't see my autism as like a real mm -hmm. thing. Hey, noisy. And I, I appreciate that correction on the language. It's something I'll have to, I'll, I'll look into that a bit more as well. Um, yeah. It was new to me too. Like within yeah. the last month or so, I realized high and low functioning weren't the proper mm -hmm. terms. Yeah. And when you explain that, it makes complete sense. I, I don't think anybody wants to be uh, talked about it in that kind of way. I, I think that makes no, a lot exactly. of sense. I wrote that in my notes too somewhere where it was like, you really just have to meet people where they're at. If you want to have a conversation with them, you don't want to attack them for using the wrong word. Right. Like when someone says to me, oh, you have MPD. I'm like, no, I don't have MPD. It's called DID now. And here's why it's been this mm -hmm. way since, since 1994. Mm -hmm. And this is how you need to like address it. It's right. their response to that correction that might make the problem. But like you have to give mm -hmm. them the, cho the chance, the choice, you know? Right. Absolutely. And it, yeah, all you can do is uh, offer the opportunity, I think, for somebody to learn. Um, yeah, for sure. And patience. Please be patient yes. with people. If you, yeah. want, if you want them to be on your side and learn, you have to be patient. Mm. Yeah. Provided they're going to be kind to you. Sure. Don't sure. accept disrespect, but be kind when you can be. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So with... I, I, I Actually, I, would, I think I... I has a question I would love to ask about um, autism as well. So, with you know, you were mentioning some of the um, some of the some of the sensory uh, issues that can come along with autism. Um, do you ever find that? Because I know you mentioned that you know while you are fronting, sometimes you're you're hearing from other people, and I wonder if that ever combines to make things a little bit more difficult in the moment. It can for sure. So something I notice a lot. I'll talk about me and Forrest a lot. It's very it's. Mm -hmm. Really, it's easier for me to explain my experience right. of me and Forrest than anybody else. Um, Forrest likes to wear her brown wig, and it is very itchy and uncomfortable for me to wear. Mm -hmm. So when she is fronting, I'm usually co-con with her. And I admit, I do bitch and complain quite a bit because I hate how it feels. It's mm -hmm. not what I want on the body. I always have my hair back, usually, because I would like to have short black hair. Mm -hmm. I think I probably had that hair when I met you, maybe. Short black hair. Or it was pink. I forget. I I did go through a point where the system let me dye our hair black. So that was mm -hmm. a point in our life where that was happening. But 
sensory issues between headmates are very different. Forrest has a way higher tolerance of what she can handle. But from what I understand, it also bothers her to an extent. She just would prefer to push through it and look cute. Whereas mm-hmm. I, I don't care about that. I want to be comfortable and I don't care what I look like. So it'll bother me a lot more. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. And so uh, I guess it's just adapting to that based on who's fronting. Um, it's a big part of the process. It'll also cause switches occasionally. Like Forrest has been mm-hmm. out in her wig, but if it's uncomfortable enough if i'm bothering her enough essentially about it that could cause a switch and then suddenly i'm literally fronting the body with her wig on and that can be really like uncomfortable it's Mm -hmm. one thing to be kind of in the back seat watching a movie of your life and then another thing to like be in the front controlling the body wearing a wig Mm -hmm. it's it's like totally different for me personally Mm -hmm. i can like be in the back seat watching forrest have a good time Mm -hmm. just kind of monitoring from like a tv screen but then once i'm in the front it's a completely different situation right right so one of the things i love being able to to talk to people about when i get the opportunity are some of the misunderstandings that are very common um and you know between did bpd autism i feel like there's just a bucket full of misunderstandings um what are some common ones that you sometimes come across Let's see. I definitely wrote this one down because I knew that I was going to forget. Okay, so I did write down there are a few misunderstandings that I had personally, but are you wondering for the ones that were more... Um... I mean, for you personally, I I mean, as, as a part of your mental health journey, that sounds important as well. Because hmm. most of the ones that I have written down are just like preconceived notions that I had about DID and not so much misunderstandings. Mm -hmm. The main one that I have written down though is that um, alters are not new people just because you meet someone with DID that you thought was one person. All their headmates are not new people. They've been there the whole time. You just didn't know it. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing that I think a lot of people who meet someone with DID don't realize. So like a lot of our friends, when they realized Misha had DID, they didn't realize that like I was already their friend. I held a lot of like the traumatic parts of our friendships, and Forrest mm-hmm. held a lot of the social aspects. And like, you just have to imagine that your friend is a puzzle piece instead of like a bunch of. I don't know, because on one hand, you really do want people to see you all as individuals because you are. But at the same time, we've all been here for this one body's life. So it's not like we're new people. You don't have to be reintroduced to us. You just, it depends on the person, I guess. It's kind of multifaceted and hard to put into boxes. Mm -hmm. Because I've been masking as Misha my whole life. Mm -hmm. But that's not who I am. That's just what I've had to confine to. Mm-hmm. So now once you know that I'm like a part of a system, you can learn that I'm different from Misha in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I still have a lot of the same friends. I still have a lot of the same, like, we have these same parents. It's just you have different relationships to different people in the system now. Mm-hmm. Patch, patchwork Quilt is a great way to look at it. Actually, I have that book. If you haven't seen this book, you should read it. Um, this one. It's a really, really good book explaining what, what DID is and like how it forms and different parts of the quilt get used for different things. And um, it's just a really good book. Thank you for bringing that up. Writing that down for sure. 
Um, yes, it's a very, very good book that I recommend to everyone. I gave it to my parents, and they didn't mm-hmm. read it. <laughs> oh, how, how did uh, how did people around you respond when you had discovered that you had DID? And you were trying to Incredibly share that. Incredibly different per person. So why do you jump on things? Um, different per person. My brother found out because we had a panic attack and just threw it all at him at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he got the probably the worst of it. Um, my partner at the time took it very well. He knew something was up with us. He just didn't know what it was. Because mm-hmm. one day we'd be super happy to be dating him. We'd love him so much. And the next day we would ignore him and have nothing to do with him. And we thought it was just the BPD. But really it was mm-hmm. some of us didn't want to be dating him. And some of us mm-hmm. did. And um, it just, and our parents didn't really take it too great. They don't, I don't think my dad really understands what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think our mom I I think my mother might also have DID. That's just me. Um, she doesn't like to think about unpleasant things or trauma or anything like that. So the mm-hmm. fact that I have a trauma disorder does not really sit with her. She likes the dollhouse. She likes things to appear mm-hmm. perfect. And mm-hmm. there's nothing perfect and amazing about having DID. You can't really... And I'm not quiet about it. Like, I have mm-hmm. a whole TikTok. I don't... Right. If, you're, if you're talking to me, we're going to tell you who's fronting. We're going to tell you why we're in a weird mood. And we're just... We're like that. We're not going to sugarcoat it anymore. Mm-hmm. We've been doing that our whole life. Yeah. What did it take to get to that point? Uh, kind of trauma. But um, there was a point at an old living situation where we just we couldn't take it anymore everything Mm -hmm. was too much the pandemic hit that was the pandemic is really what threw us over the edge like everything we thought we knew in our life was completely different Mm -hmm. kitty cat Hmm. everything just changed in our life and there was suddenly no reason to hide the did like if the world's going to end we're all going to live our life individually and we're going to get to know each other and like yeah. what's the worst going to happen we're going to die like we're already mm-hmm. in a pandemic uh-huh. if we die we're going to die it's fine mm-hmm. so we just we threw it all out there and i think at a point we were like look if our parents hate us for being a system then we're just going to be homeless we'll live in our car and we'll do doordash and we'll make it work we were like we were at a point where we just didn't care anymore mm-hmm. right I think desperation is a lot of systems experiences. Maybe not. I hope not. But mm-hmm. a lot of systems that I've talked to, they're like, desperation is what eventually got us to be like, I don't care anymore. Everyone right. knows we're a system. Now I don't care anymore. It's fine. Right. And I mean, when being in a in a society that's geared towards neurotypical individuals, uh, I mean, can't really blame you for, you know, for masking in all these different ways. I mean, between the various different conditions, you know, DID, autism as well. Um, you know, I know masking is a very big thing there too. Yeah, masking is the only way to get through life. Even, even if it was only one of these issues that we have and we're struggling with several all at once, even if it was just one, like just having autism by itself is such mm-hmm. a struggle in in main society. Like people don't want you to veer off of the normal Kardashian whatever path. People mm-hmm. just... If you're different from that, people don't like you. But mm-hmm. I've learned from at least I can at least say this from an early age. I knew that I didn't want to be like my mother. So I didn't mm-hmm. want to be the average cookie cut person. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be alternative and different. 
So realizing I was a system, for me personally, it wasn't as big of a deal as it was for Misha, who was trying to conform and be as normal as possible. Mm-hmm. I hear you. It can be hard. Yeah. Are there parts that still have difficulty accepting that they're part of a system? Yeah. Um, it, that can vary. So we do have yeah. parts, like we have our... Uh, persecutor or a misguided protector tori she knows that we're a system but outright denies it and just doesn't care she doesn't want mm-hmm. to be a system and when she's out she acts like we're not one she will actively ignore journals and whatever mm-hmm. um and that's not me shaming her it's she's mm-hmm. learned to be in it to be an individual and right. it's honestly her right to wish she was one person mm-hmm. um and then our littles i don't think they deny it but they tend to just forget like one is four years old and one is eight and sh- they have other priorities when they're out. Mm-hmm. They don't care about being a system. They want to play with their dolls and draw. Mm-hmm. Right. It is interesting though. The littles tend to communicate with us really well, even if they don't know that they're a part of a system, mm-hmm. they still know that there are people in their head. Even mm-hmm. if they forget that it's DID, they will call out to us. Now that they know we have names, they'll oh. be like, Hey Willow, can you help me draw? Or Hey Willow, can you help me do this? And like it literally we communicate like that but then when we talk about systemhood and trauma and stuff they just they don't absorb it they're they're eight and four they don't right. know right they're they're chilling they're having a good time they just want to yeah like you said draw and play yep very very much i, and I mean that. we're all kind of like that like sure the teenage parts too, like, I mean, teenage, like I'm not one of them. I identify <laughs> as 17 for the most part. And then I kind of age up to 24. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of depends. And our body is 28. I think we all have different things. Like I'm a huge gamer before I could care less about gaming. She wants mm-hmm. to paint her nails and do makeup. Mm-hmm. Like Violet would love to just go drink at a bar or something. Like we all mm-hmm. have very different interests too. Yeah. Our relationship with the system can vary depending on that as well sure sure i mean you find yourself in one position but you're wanting to do something else you know i, I can yep. certainly see where the conflict can come from yeah so i uh i, I mean i first of all i pr- appreciate so much you you coming on and talking and everything um yeah and i know that you know you advocate so much <clears throat> for for the experience on TikTok, you know that the D, you know whether it's DID, autism, BPD, what have you, um, and I do see that so many people come to you to ask questions and to talk about things. You know, like I said, I have met many systems through your page, through your comment section. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, it's you. I cannot understate how phenomenal you are. Um, for everything that you do in the advocacy. All I ever wanted when I start, whenever we started making content was just, we want to be what dissociated and other people were for us. That's mm. what we want. We want to continue creating safe spaces for people. Yeah. That's what, that's what I want. It's an amazing goal. And like you said, I mean, you're, you're paying it forward and you're doing a phenomenal job with it. I got people in my, in my comments as well, showing their love for you. Oh, thank uh, you guys. So I, I guess just to kind of, as we bring things together, what do you find just in like the mental health field in general? You know, I'm continuously trying to learn as a clinician and I know that a lot of people in the field are continuously trying to learn. Um, what do you feel could be a productive change for the, uh, for the mental health field? 
this was the question I was the most excited to answer. Let's so, go. <laughs> we asked the I good question. I have a question. whole thing here, but I'm, I'm just going to kind of ignore that. Um, we need to be talking to people with the disorders. Mm-hmm. Like, we are not having the proper conversations with actual people struggling with the disorders. We are going based off of really old, outdated science. Like, if you ask somebody what autism is, they'll tell you it's like a disorder for young white boys. That is so unfair. Do you know how big the POC community is for autism? It's way bigger than you'd think, and no one talks about it or how it affects people. Mm-hmm. It's wild to me. So I, I guess I'll read what, what Misha wrote here, but it's like, we need to be talking to people with these disorders. The DSM is absolutely amazing, but the research being done just feels so disproportionate to the actual experiences of people on the internet exp- expressing their experiences the autism thing that I just told you, mm-hmm. like the spectrum is huge and it varies greatly. The same thing with BPD, DID, bipolar, schizophrenia. And I think TikTok has helped so much. People can mm-hmm. hate on TikTok all they want. Mm-hmm. They haven't found their side of TikTok yet. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really hate TikTok for being what it is. You can hate what it does to people. You can hate mm-hmm. a lot of parts of it. They don't pay us for garbage, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, for the record, I was on TikTok for three and a half years with 30,000 followers, decent people on my page constantly. I made a whopping $14 the entire time. Oh, let's go. Wild. <laughs> I stopped monetizing my content. I don't yeah. get paid anymore. I don't care. This is mm-hmm. all for the community now. But that's my biggest thing to answer your question is I wish I wish mental health was more human-centric. I wish we talked mm-hmm. to people more. Right. If we did that, there'd be no DID confusion. We are mm-hmm. all very articulate for the most part. A lot of us can explain to you what we're going through, what, what our parts are, what they mean. Like, if if we gave people the chance to express their disorders and talk about them from a human point and not from a textbook point, people wouldn't be so scared of mental health. Right. I, I agree with that point 110%. I think being able to talk to the communities that are experiencing it, being able to talk to individuals, doing more qualitative rather than quantitative research, I I think would go such a far way in better understanding things. And and you're absolutely right. Um, TikTok has done so much to, I think, give people their communities and bring people together to allow them to find people who they feel like they can relate to and find explanations for like what is going on with me um it's it's helped me even as a clinician like we like to believe that we are prepared and that we know a lot i learn something new on tiktok every single day about mental health and you're right we can find our communities it takes a little bit of time for sure following the right hashtags and all that i can only imagine how helpful it is as a clinician and a therapist to see tiktok you can actually see Mm -hmm. what your clients quote unquote and people like them are thinking that's Mm -hmm. wild and amazing yeah it's the same with self-diagnosis we didn't didn't really Mm -hmm. get into it but self-diagnosis is so 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 valid absolutely if if nobody hears anything else that i ever have to say to them please self-diagnose yourself Mm -hmm. it's not the same thing as diagnosing clinically but it is so important for you to have that for yourself sometimes yes. people can't get physically diagnosed mm-hmm. and honestly it might not even be the right choice for you it might take away some of your rights in some states mm-hmm. just do your research and if you think you fit in a box and that box helps you and it has people you love and can connect to in it you're valid mm-hmm. i don't care what anyone says about it yes all that matters is that it makes sense to you and that you feel like it like it fits for you and it helps you to grow 
is exactly yeah, far more important than what one clinician will tell you and then the other clinician will tell you something different and you have just spent all this money trying to figure it out right it's so expensive i didn't it's even unreal. get into that but awful the oh, we, could, money spent. <laughs> we, we could do an, an hour about <laughs> the the yeah. pay for healthcare system um but yeah so uh, again appreciate you a million times over um would love to go ahead and give you a chance to you know plug your content talk a little bit about your page <laughs> oh okay um I've never done this before. So I'm the Halo system or Retro Pocky Stick anywhere online. One of those two, will, you'll find our stuff. We're only really active on TikTok, though. So if you are interested in talking to us more about DID content or BPD, autism, OCD, we'll try to get into the OCD more, although we're still kind of self-conscious about that one. Mm -hmm. We are so open to asking any questions. And I know specifically for Rob's content and their, and their page, you might not know things about DID and you might have questions that you're like, oh, well, everybody here seems to know this thing. So I'm not going to ask the dumb question. If you're curious, please ask. And if you're anxious about coming off angrily, put slash Jen for genuine. Like everyone will answer your question more or less. We will be a lot happier to answer your question if we know you're being genuine or not being mean. We will always answer your question if it's slash Jen because we're like, oh, okay, this person is genuinely wanting to learn. And I will never turn away someone who's asking a question, genuinely wanting to learn. It'll make everyone's life so much easier if we're all asking questions and learning and helping each other. Mm. So that's my plug for the Halo system <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> that was perfect, perfect. Halo system, thank you so, so much for joining us once again. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, once again, this is the Please Stay Inside podcast. I'm Rob. Thank you all so much for being here.